Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And this is Max Rushton. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, of course, we reflected on that brilliant game last night between uh, Porto and Juve. And we spoke to our man in Italy, Sheridan Bird, and uh, he was on good form, so you'll hear that. We also uh, had the people who were colourising him and uh, sort of refurbishing the 66 World Cup footage. And, and uh, they were looking for some Boy Scouts that were sat on the touchline. And as you'll discover, we had a little bit of success. We did. And we got to talk about the scouting world and knots in great detail, which hopefully has made the pod, but if it doesn't, no. you'll understand why. All, all the signs I will make oh, the marvellous. podcast. So That's you'll hear news. all of that, and here it is. Good afternoon. You join us where history is being That's made for the first time in 20 years. Um, I've not written the intro. How do you feel about it? So, every word of this okay. is Max Rushton's. Okay, right. Good afternoon. This is the mighty Paul Hawksby. What a crawler. There you are. And Max Rushton. Not, was that the mighty Paul Hawksby and Max Rushton? No, no, there's a joint mighty. No, there's a car. I'm not, I'm not inflating my own sense of On stuff, talk yeah. sport. Where? What is coming up between now and four, Max? Uh, well, over the next three hours, we'll ask what does Juve's exit from the Champions League mean for Ronaldo, Pirlo and their owners, Darth, new Champions League plan. Kieran Bracken will tell us if getting a ref into training might help England understand the rules and Danny Kelly is back for another talk through one of his excellent My Sporting Lives. We'll ask a Manchester United fan if appointing a new technical director has him uh, bouncing off the walls and Gareth Batty will tell us if the idea of squad rotation in the ashes has him banging his head against the wall. That's clever, wasn't That's it? That, I like that. Although you, you put against in caps as opposed to italicising it, right. which is the way oh, I may I, have gone. No, fair enough, for emphasis. Fair enough. But look, it's all emphasis. It still worked. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. There's a search for the scouts sitting on the touchline at Wembley in 66. Terry Gibson on whether Barcelona can do it again against PSG and a look ahead to Liverpool Leipzig tonight. That's right. And we'd also like to your old wall stories uh, in light of Cristiano's back-turning bit of uh, stupidity. Uh, that's wall, not war, obviously. So, it is six minutes past one. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Max. How did that feel? That, well, if, it's great. You just have yeah. that... Yeah, it was nice. Like it's to do it it's quite freeing. I was telling you earlier on that... Um, when uh, Tony Hancock made the blood donor, which is, I think, look at a, a seminal performance, Absolutely, a brilliant performance, yeah. he'd had a car accident a few days before and um, basically had to do that show off of boards. Because if you look at his eye line, uh, when he, a pint, <laughs> my God, and once he's doing all that, you look, he's looking right past Patrick Cargill there. I mean, this is Archie Grandad, kids, but it's relevant <laughs> for what we're talking about. But he's like, because he did it all off of boards. And then he thought, oh, I like this. I don't have to rehearse so could as this much. this be a slippery slope? Well, you're saying yeah, now that's if you what start, happened once. If you start occasionally taking the little uh, roles from me, yeah. then, you know, you might find yourself a whole lot busier than you were before. Oh, but look, it was a one-off. It was a okay, one-off. Okay. Uh, would you like a compliment? Uh, what, from me? No, yeah, I, no, I can give you a compliment. Right oh, okay, go uh, on. My then. dad uh, rang me yesterday. Mm. He said, I listened to a bit of the show. I thought you were excellent, all of you. And, like, and I was like, but I... I wasn't there, Dad, <laughs> because he's listened to you mm. and me quite a lot, and right. me and Charlie quite a lot. He, he the bit, bit he confused. missed was the fact that I wasn't there at all, ah. but he did enjoy the show, and he doesn't ring me after every show. Really, to say he enjoyed it. So, so it was, it, look, it's nice that you've passed that on from yeah. your Dad, and, and I thank him if he's listening this afternoon. It's a bit tight.
like to phone up your son and say, that show was good today without you on it. <laughs> well, he, he thought, great. he said, I, I did think you were a bit quiet. <laughs> he said. <laughs> like we, we'd introduced a zoo format <laughs> with not? you and, with you and uh, Charlie. That's um, right, yeah. Can I say thank you to Juventus and Porto for mm. putting on a brilliant game what of football? What a game, right? yeah, yeah. You know, because let's be honest, some of the games that we've had to watch have been absolutely terrible. Mm. On Sunday before, you know, me and Barry on at two in the afternoon, I had... West Brom, Newcastle, oh, and one telly, and Dundee United, Celtic on the next telly <laughs> next to it, and I, I didn't thought, what have I done to deserve this? Mm. You know, you can't complain about getting paid to watch football; it doesn't go down well. But at that no. moment, I thought, I, I could have done something else with my life, and I'd be happier. <laughs> so, what a brilliant game! I think we all deserved it because we deserved some <clears throat> just a brilliant, exciting football match. There were so many moments in that game. I mean, yeah. Quadrado hitting the bar with that effort late on. You think, oh, you know, yeah, change everything, and Ronaldo turning in the wall and it just squeezing in and then Juventus getting another goal like a second late the whole thing was yeah. brilliant to be beaten with one of those under the wall for, I mean from that distance it's like is, 60 yards it's it? bad. Yeah. I mean you'd be beaten yeah, but look, you can be beaten from sort of you know 25 but not that far out that was bad wasn't it? it should be going all that way and as you said, you've no draft excluder, as you pointed out. I mean, but you wouldn't expect one that far out. No, would you? You'd feel a bit of a dolt on the halfway line, lying there behind the wall. It is you're true. It's like you don't need a draft excluder if your room is that big. No, you're so far away right. from the door. So yeah. why would you need one? There, there was a moment in that game where Pepe, who was sensational yeah. yesterday, was he 38? Mm. I mean, that's mad, isn't it? And I think I'm pleased he shaved his hair off again because I didn't like Pepe with hair. Just no, didn't, it didn't, didn't work, didn't work for did me. It? But there was a moment where Ronaldo went down very easily and Pepe just started, like, simulating the simulation is what yeah. Pepe was doing. And I was watching that going, come on, Pepe, You've got some you neck. can't, you yeah. can't do that, mate. Yeah. Like, yeah. here's a, like, can I show you a YouTube reel of you doing it? Yeah. But fair play, Pepe Touching was, your face when you're caught on the shoulder yeah, and stuff. He was, so he was amazing. It's when you see a defender, they, they did a little show reel afterwards, didn't they, with Rio and, and, uh, and with Joe Cole. Just of him arriving before the ball gets there. Mm. Spot, when a defender's right on it and they're just, they're already there waiting, the ball just sticks to them. They know exactly where it's going. Like when you're playing cricket and you're trying to hide in the field and the ball always finds you, the kind of reverse of that. Yeah, he was so good. It's interesting, isn't it, how a number of uh, players who are getting on a bit yeah. But are still delivering. Oh, yeah, 38. I mean, you know, if you think about Zlatan as well, and, you know, there's just lots of players who are now of an age mm. and yet don't seem to be, he doesn't seem to be markedly different no. to how I mean, he's ever been. And the, and, the, and the certain goal that he stopped yeah. just by getting that, I mean, you know, there was little bursts of pace, there was reading the game world, there was getting his head in at key moments. He was brilliant, wasn't did he? You, um, did you enjoy the uh, sort of seven, I think it was seven minutes VAR oh, fiasco oh, in Dortmund Severe. Oh, no, that, that's ridiculous. It was mad, wasn't it? Um, there's a quote from Infantino over the weekend. I don't know if anyone saw this. This is a direct quote mm. of the man who runs football, talking about VAR. Mm -hmm. He says, rather than taking things away, it adds, I would say, another layer of adrenaline in the game. <laughs> Now, if there's a doubt, you check, you wait, you see, and that's the adrenaline that makes football how it is, the waiting for a result. Really? What is that? Not a football fan then, clearly, is he? <laughs> no, and just... I'd love to see him on a sort of debate with Scott Parker, who said the exact opposite of that, or it's killing the spontaneity of football, and, you know, everything's been robotic and automated, and it's killing the, the, the passion, the joy of that, that moment when you leap in the air when a team scores yeah. a goal. Nobody says, do you know what I really want to do? You you know, after, we, after Aguero, <clears throat> is just wait. It's the yeah. waiting that will make this better. I'd give it five minutes yeah. if I were you. you don't, start, <laughs> don't start celebrating yet. Just go and stand on the and wait for the signal. I, I was thinking, could they, you know, we need to, do we accept it's there? Do we do, or do we start, you know, and, and I'm... What do you think we should march on FIFA with <laughs> well, lit torches know. like Frankenstein's castle or something? I don't know because I, cause obviously there's this divide between the football hipsters and the dinosaurs and, you know, I, I, I sort of like to see myself in the hipster chair but actually, wouldn't it be better if there wasn't VAR? Would, would, be would it help? I mean, they're now talking about it and it's an old chestnut and we talked to, to uh, Francis Leach in Australia last week but they are doing this and they are thinking about doing it so you can hear the conversation then I think we'll forgive it we're in a situation like, ah that looks a bit doubtful we're finding out why he's gone to the monitor we're hearing that conversation yeah. between VAR and the and the referee then I think you're part of it 
it's the exclusion that makes it and certainly in the Champions League where you normally just get a ref with his finger in his ear you don't really you don't really get a chance to see replays I completely replays. agree I, I mean, so, what they could do I, mean, I was thinking about this in the Community <clears throat> Shield yeah. you know that game doesn't matter let's trial some things let's trial let's just say right we'll trial thicker lines or we'll trial Shirts daylight some skins or yeah good idea or we'll do <clears throat> manager you know manager reviews try it in the Community Shield no one cares yeah. let's try it it's a bit like, you know, Cass talking about banning heading. Let's try it in the community shield. Just yeah. see what happens. And if it doesn't work, we just go, OK, well, we'll Imagine try the players, it. though, having to adapt to about 15, 20 that new laws. To, I mean, nobody, that game is so boring anyway, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. Just it lots of people up. yelling, <clears throat> let it bounce. I'm yeah. looking forward to that. Well, anyway, that's a possibility. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, in the meantime, wall stories. Cristiano turned in the wall last night, drilled, if you haven't seen it, drilled from a long way up, one under everybody, keeper couldn't keep it out. It was a soft... Goal and Cristiano has taken a bit of heat for it, but we're interested in whoever the other one that built the wall, maybe wearing one uh, in the wall, maybe you were the draft excluder. Just wall, um, wall war stories, although it's not easy to say. You get the idea. Tell us your tales of the wall on a Saturday afternoon and a Sunday morning, uh, as long as it's humourable, as Stuart would say. Talksport.com forward slash H and J. You can text to eight ten eighty nine or tweet to T S H and J. That's T S H A N D J. Ah, uh, yeah. Robert says I'm with you, Max. I've got the pitchfork. <laughs> you bring the placards. Many people asking if uh, you. Not writing the intro is uh, you being in the easy chair today. You're no, not in the I'm easy not in the chair. easy no, chair. No, it was just it was uh, circumstances, and Max just took it on. I didn't yeah, I ask did. him to even do it. I I'll came back. Initiative. I came back, and he said, "Oh, I've started the intro." I thought, well, a bit of a power grab. Yeah. I get the idea. <laughs> I see what's going you on know what here. I'm after here. What a piece of work. <laughs> um, then he starts. He thought about going away. Then he starts leaving holiday brochures on the desk. <laughs> this is very nice at this time of year. Uh, and your dad will be phoning you up saying. Didn't think the show was very good today. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. And he goes out of play, off the corner flag for a throw to Porto, which will signal the end of the game. And Juventus are out. And it will be a 26-year without winning this competition. What a famous victory that is for Porto. Yeah, uh, Jim Pranfoot there on uh, final whistle last night over on TalkSport 2 alongside Jamie O'Hara. It was a, a cracking uh, game of football. Watching the highlights back uh, of the, the, the Dortmund-Severe game, that was pretty decent yeah, as well. Yeah, two great games. Um, so, um, what does this mean for Juve? What does it mean for Cristiano Ronaldo? Uh, uh, and lots of other big questions. Sheridan Bird joins us, Italian football expert on uh, the new show, uh, Max Rushton, slow-moving coup, as we're now calling ourselves. <laughs> Good afternoon, Sheridan. Good afternoon. Hello there. Good, thank you. Let's start with Cristiano Ronaldo because a lot of the fallout sort of centred around him. I mean, was that? Is there a feeling that was his last chance to win the Champions League? But certainly at Juve, anyway. Well, I don't, I don't think anyone's come out and said that, but he has been getting a lot of criticism this morning. Um, some of it fair, some of it unfair. I think it was his role in the wall for the free kick. The second away goal for Porto, that has really uh, got people talking here because there's this sort of tradition, they call it the crocodile here in Italy, where you have a man lying down behind the wall, not a random man, obviously, but a player in a defending, <laughs> in a defending team. Yeah, well, that would exactly. be great. No, Rose, no. Roquet, seat <laughs> yeah, 17, just, just come and lie a bit. There, hey, yeah, bring it's, it's the uh, draft excluder here, shall Yeah, we? that's right. Well, exactly. That, you know, Juventus didn't employ that yesterday, and as I'm sure you saw, the free kick went low, bounced off the post, and uh, then off uh, Wojciech extension into the net. Um, and so people are sort of saying the wall was bad. The actual defending within the wall, particularly Cristiano Ronaldo, who turned his back, was a bit negligent. So he's been criticised for that. Um, but to be honest, I think the damage was done in the first leg for Juventus, if we're, if we're, yeah. if we're being truthful. Absolutely. Yeah, I think yeah. you're right. But interesting, I was chatting to Nicky Bandini about Ronaldo and about how he, even since he's got to Juve, his role has changed a bit and he doesn't, do much off the ball and that is a problem now if, if, if that's if that's what the, the style of football that PLO wants to play which I think it is that you can't have a passenger and like, he's quite a good one he scores lots of goals yeah. and maybe passenger is taking it too far but that is a problem yeah, no, he's, he's a luxury passenger, maybe like Liz Taylor in a uh, in a limousine, let's say, because <laughs> when he when he does deliver, it's very effective. Um, and yesterday, talking to a few of the other guys who were at the stadium, you know, he didn't look quite right. And by that, I mean, was he maybe carrying an injury because he wasn't his usual self? The mm. reason 
Juventus signed him. He, he is to pull something out in matches exactly like yesterday evening. And he had that header when uh, late on when he either could have gone for goal or he could have played it across, nodded it across to Alvaro Morata. And he didn't either. And I think a fully fit, fully, you know, a happy Ronaldo would have done a bit better with that. There were a few uh, chances as well where he missed, or rather moments where he miscontrolled the ball. So I'm not making excuses for him in in a way that sort of saying that he, he um, you know, he he, deserve, he needs to be let off the hook. But he didn't look quite right. Um, and, and as I say, I think uh, Federico Chiesa was actually uh, the more influential mm-hmm. player in attack for... Uh, for Juventus, he was brilliant all night, and using his second name, translating it, and taking Cristiano's name in English, a lot of the headlines here have used a pun saying that church let down by a Christian, because Chiesa means church in Italian, and Cristiano obviously is Christian. So, you know, Federico Chiesa showing the changing of the guard at Juventus is perhaps already upon us. Yeah, it was interesting. There's been a lot of schadenfreude around Juve going out because Agnelli has been at the forefront of shaking up the Champions League. And I see Colin Miller on Twitter saying, Juventus knocked out the Champions League in successive seasons by Ajax, Leon and Porto. Three clubs not deemed glamorous enough for the European Super League by Agnelli. You absolutely love to see it. All I would say is that Agnelli, in some ways, this will back up his thing about historic coefficients because Juve could finish fifth in his brave new world and get knocked out of the Champions League at this stage. But because they have a historic coefficient, they would go in maybe at the expense of the team that finished fourth in the Premier League, or maybe not that, but you know what I mean. So it, it plays into his, his narrative, really. Yeah, I mean, it is a hornet's nest. And I think the one thing that would I would say in favour of the Super League, which might be controversial, but it's worth remembering that Teams like Juventus just perhaps feel, and maybe justifiably, that they don't get much out of playing Udinese every uh, season, twice every season, and it doesn't. The lack of con- the lack of competition that they feel, apart from this season, Serie A in the last nine years has given them, has left them a little bit blunt for the Champions League, and it's perhaps was shown last night that la- uh, hitherto, before last night, uh, Juventus had conceded only one goal in their last home games in um, in uh, Serie A. And that was against Lazio. But before that, it had been four clean sheets. Yesterday, Porto came and scored twice. So I think Agnelli is just perhaps thinking, and Bayern Munich might agree with this, that they just don't get enough competition in their domestic league and they don't see the value in it anymore. No disrespect to the smaller sides, although a little bit of disrespect to Udinese because I'm not the big fan of theirs, the way they play. <laughs> they put me to sleep in several commentaries over the last three years. <laughs> yeah, um, but like you say... That's all well and good, but you can't say that when you're third and you're ten points off the you know, top spot in Serie A. You know, you've got to you've got to win that. I mean, I know Juventus have had a really good time in, in Serie A recently. And also that will happen. You know, at some point the European Super League will get boring, won't it? Because it'll be you know, it'll <laughs> oh, be it'll be fifteenth. Not, not Milan versus Chelsea exactly. again. Exactly. We don't need that twelfth versus fifteenth, it'll be boring. Well, you're right. When the Super League gets boring, they'll probably add, they'll add motorbikes or flamethrowers yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. So let's, let's worry about that in 10, 15 years. Yeah. The other thing Agnelli said today is, is a touch concerning. He said, uh, Generation Z, um, he said they're not really interested in watching an old game of football. They don't have the attention span for 90 minutes. And he said, we've seen what the NBA are doing, which is just sh- uh, a subscription just to show the final quarter. Maybe we should be just showing the last 15 minutes of a match. I mean, imagine it's a game that someone's looking to close out. And there's no Italian side trying to close out a game that they'll 1-0 up in. Oh, that'd be 15 minutes to attract the kids, wouldn't it? Well, it was it was a point that sort of did hit home with me because I've got a lot of friends that watch the the NBA. Personally, I would you'd have to pay me to watch even ten seconds of it. But a lot of I've said to my friends that in these NBA matches, it seems to be the last quarter is the only one that counts because what happens before it is just quite back and forth and mundane. And I, I think that um, it's not just the youngsters that only watch the last 15 minutes of it, but also it seems to be Americans. So Agnelli's point, I think, is, is trying to say that, you know, if it's a really exciting match, I mean, you're right, if it's nil-nil or if it's a, a boring match, no one's going to pay extra to watch the last 15 minutes. But if one team's really going for it, or both teams are, Nick is trying to tap into that. But personally, I'm not a big fan of using the American model for, for sports because I don't think uh, global football or European football as the Americans call it actually needs that kind of um, you know needs to be treated like that Thank you Sheridan good to talk to you 
My pleasure. Cheers, guys. Sheridan Bird, they're over in Milan. And, um, yeah, there's a lot of pushback. They're having the, the meeting today of the European leagues all getting together and they're, they're not happy. I mean, they worry as well. Like, just as he said there about who's going to, you know, they, they don't get competitive games against teams like Udinese and people aren't interested in watching them. But they're saying that like, domestic rights will be affected because it's sure. going to cost you more to get those Champions League games which means there's less because th- you know it's an opportunity for La Liga and uh, it's Italian clubs to make more money we do very well domestically our clubs do very well because the Premier League is sought after but Will the companies be paying as much if they've got to pay a fortune for a new champion? Yeah. I think it's important when anyone suggests change not to just write it off because people don't like change. Yeah. You know, I still would like it to be Division 1, 2, 3 and 4. And, and, you know, I'd like the European Cup to be called the European Cup and be, you know... Just, just the champions. Just the champions. Yeah. However, it's sort of embracing change, but it's, it is at some point you go, well, is this benefiting... The, yeah. Who in the game is this benefiting? Is it just the rich stakeholders yeah. making more money? And Absolutely. If it is, well, that isn't good because football goes all the way down, doesn't so, it? I spent two hours watching Bolton absolutely play Cambridge off the park yesterday <laughs> and I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. Can I read this from Scotty? Wall Stories. This yeah. is marvellous. I played in a Sunday morning league along with ten other hangovers every week for a team in Wimbledon full of Scotsmen called Sporting London. In one game, the oppo got a free kick outside the box and we tentatively built a wall. There's no one really fancied taking one in the face or anyone else, anywhere else for that matter. This was outlined when the ref paced out the ten yards and asked the wall to move forwards three yards as we'd set up way too far back. I've never seen a, ever seen a wall being brought forwards oh, in other, right. any other match at any level of football. That's great, isn't it? Are refs using sprays on Saturday afternoons no, when you play? They're no, not using a spray no. of marker, they're just walking it out, aren't no, they? So you can tippy-toe. You can tippy-toe forwards. Isn't there one, like, what, just one ref who's got his own spray? Because you can buy them, can't you? Have you not? No? It's got to be a fit. Have you seen re- referees using it on a Sunday morning? Let us know. Uh, another aspect on this, Simon, the Arsenal fan, says, I was refereeing a game and I repeatedly asked the five-man wall to retreat, but they didn't. So I booked the entire wall, which included two second oh, yellow cards. That's a brave ref, that. Oh, that certainly is. That is a brave ref. Blimey, Good for you. I hope they didn't let your tyres down in the car park, Simon. That's not good. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Do you ever get that when you play Saturday afternoon? Do you say, look, don't wind this bloke up. You know he doesn't like back chat. Don't get, get a silly booking. Yeah, don't do, get, yeah. You know, he doesn't like this. He'll put up with so much. I think you hear that, don't you hear it? I mean, the professional game, they'll, they'll know how to work a referee yeah. and what you can and so can't get more away analysis with. on the ref than they do on the opposition team. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that make a difference. <laughs> on the subject of do referees have... Um, uh, a vanishing spray Rory says uh, I played against a Welsh Premier League team in the cup last season got given a Welsh Prem ref they put their reserves out and there weren't any linesmen but the ref still used his vanishing spray and wore a headset despite having no one to talk to <laughs> oh, no, that's so he probably would have felt naked without it wouldn't he I do like the idea of those rugby players you know they bring on the three people who just give away penalties they're just sort of like Lenny from Of Mice and Men or those yeah. big things out of Fraggle Rock just blundering into everyone like, oh no not these three it's like you have to bring on the three just because they've turned up I do like the don't I- know the laws yeah <laughs> I do like the idea though of, of, of as Sheridan was saying earlier on that what we call the draft excluder lying at the base of the wall or the crocodile as it apparently is called in, in Italy that you could that is it's row seven seat nine <laughs> someone comes down and acts out the part you know what's your name the, the bloke who does the PA <laughs> Coity's there at one. Yeah, yeah. what's your name Chris hello Chris come just go and come lie far? Be- just lie, be- yeah, lie behind the boys I know you've got a lovely jacket on there but just lie behind the boys and there's Chris ladies and gentlemen playing the draft exclude of the day oh you've had a personal apology from Brian in Dundee okay he said as a Dundee United fan Max please uh, I do a wish to apologise that we weren't as good to watch as Juve and Porto. No, a little enough. bit of sarcasm fair in there, enough, you think? Fair enough. Fair I think there enough. might be. Terry says, years ago in our Sunday morning league, this is a story about walls, which we were winning. We were always winning. We had a new player, Paul Griffin, join us during the week. He was introduced He's, to the team. He sounds like a good player. He does, doesn't he? Doesn't he? Uh, he was introduced in the changing room on the Sunday morning, told he was in the team due to an injury to one of our players. We were ordered a free kick after about 10 minutes, about 30 yards out. I spoke to Paul and told him I would stand in the wall aim the shot at me I would peel off so his shot could go through what I did not know was how hard Paul Griffin could hit the ball obviously your first mistake instead of peeling away I felt the ball hit me full in the face wrapping around my face clapping my ears before I hit the floor totally knocked out <laughs> even the cold magic sponge did not clear my head Good. 10 minutes into your debut with a new team that's glorious isn't it
Good stuff. Keep those coming. Uh, Tales from the wall. Uh, all aspects of it after Cristiano Ronaldo's fox pass, as Quinny would call it, last night against Porto. Talking of which, uh, I just saw earlier on, um, Sergio Conceição, the Porto manager, sat down for the press conference after the game, of the kind of Zoom press conference. Not one question for him. He sat there and he said, any questions? Uh, Portuguese? No Portuguese journalists here? I don't know where they'd all gone. It was only Porto knocking Juventus out. <laughs> no questions. He was there for a minute. Maybe they just didn't want extra time. They're like, sorry, I just had to go. It, it, to probably, they're they're probably, all at Zoom on home as well. There's no, there's they no excuses, Yeah, they? no, that's true. They just thought, nah, I can't be bunking. I want to go to bed now. I've been up for long enough. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. First here now, first. Yes! No, they haven't given it. The linesman says no goal. The linesman says no goal. The linesman, there it is. That's what we saw in our stop frame. Of course it was a goal, Hugh. Hugh John's commentary, which you don't often hear. That was ITV's commentary no, on the day. No. And while Kenneth Walsenholm was giving us, they think it's all over it is now. What's Hugh saying? Hugh was saying, uh, he has, he has, and that's it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, It's a shame for Hugh, I mean, On fantasy football, there was a little Phoenix from the Flame sketch of uh, Frank as the presenter of the popular TV uh, comedy game show, he has, he has, and that's it. <laughs> but anyway, um, the reason we play that is that there may have been some eyewitnesses there, and if they just got their eyesight badge with the scouts, they would have known whether that crossed the line or not, independent witnesses. Because on the footage of that World Cup final, there are four boy scouts sitting right on the touchline, almost on the point, the edge of the 18-yard box. And they're, I mean, you know... These are good tickets. Yeah, they are. They are top-level tickets. So, um, here to tell us more is uh, Neil Kennedy-Clark, who is uh, the executive producer at Final Replay TV. They are restoring, colourising the 66 final because there isn't... it's, It's in black and white the whole game there's bits of the goal movie the official movie that are in colour but it's not the whole match and I've seen some of it and it looks fantastic Um, and uh, Simon Carter Head of Media Relations at the Scout Association good afternoon both Good afternoon. Uh, Neil, we spoke to you a little while ago when you launched the crowdfunder to, to sort of raise the funds to put this together, and you, you're kind of clearly a, a fair old way in with more work to do, but it, it is looking brilliant, so well done so far. But um, So where are we at? Um, are, are you getting closer to the, the funds you need to do it, or do you still need more help? Uh, well, good afternoon. Uh, we would love some more help. If people would like to pre-order the DVD, that would be fantastic. Uh, it's on finalreplay.tv. Uh, but we've got enough to to complete the project wow. uh, at, at this stage. 
Uh, we got going in December. You know, thanks very much to to you for promoting it when we uh, when we started out. But uh, we're probably about halfway through now. The footage um, was winkled out of the vaults in Zurich, uh, whizzed its way over to uh, New Zealand um, for restoration by um, Sir Peter Jackson's outfit, who who did They Shall Not Grow Old mm. and um, The Lord of the Rings. Uh, so all of the restorations now been done. Um, and the footage then whizzed its way over to Los Angeles to the colorization experts, a, a group called West Wing Studios. Um, and they, uh, together with their associates in India, have been colorizing the restored footage. And those are the images that you've seen, which are really amazing. Yeah. Um, and we've got this extraordinary experience of, of receiving back, sort of in the middle of the night, clips of individual parts of the match, which which then suddenly brought to life this, this little group of scouts on the touchline mm. um, who saw these goals going in. And we, we haven't yet got to the point of the controversial goal. So, so far, we've kind of spotted that they're there. We're in discussions, obviously, with Simon and the scouts to try and identify these, these guys and hope that uh, they're still with us uh, because we are pretty sure that they had an absolute and perfect view of the, the goal uh, when it got uh, pushed into the back of the net, yeah. so we've, we've uh, yeah, we're so we're halfway through. Um, uh, the other fun thing about it is we worked out the other day that the footage has done a has done a nine was going to do a nine billion green miles journey around the world on its way through all of this process mm. to end up back on our wow. screens here in the UK. No, it's uh, lo- all it's, green. It, it's it's looking it really, good. really, really yeah. good. And Simon, I mean, scouts are uh, are honest, aren't they? So if we do. F- track these scouts down they will they will give us yeah. the, you know, the definitive answer about whether the, the ball crossed the line and presumably Simon you can you know you can get current scouts to, to try and help you find these scouts <laughs> that would be a badge in itself wouldn't, wouldn't it, it? Yeah. yeah and <laughs> and that's and that's what we're doing we've got messages out all across the, the movement we've got uh I don't know, 650,000 scouts in the UK so sort of Facebook groups and emails are going around everyone to try and find these uh, well, they'll be in their early 70s now, what, what were young men then. Mm. But I'm fascinated by what they were doing there. I yeah. mean, it's not unusual for scouts to be at these sorts of events. What were they doing there I in those days? Know, what was their role, Simon, in, in at big sporting events well, like that? We don't know what they did then, but mm. we know when we go back to the 1948 Olympics, scouts did stewarding at the 48 Olympics. Okay. Go back to 2012 and scouts took part in the, the lighting of the um, Paralympic flame. Mm-hmm. So it's not unusual for scouts to be at these events, but we just don't know what they were doing on the touchline. And no. Clearly they were led there legitimately. You know, they were yeah. in a proper place doing proper things. I'm going to be fascinated when I get to speak to them about what they were actually doing. Yeah. Neil, is there, was there anyone else on the touchline? Is it just scouts on the touchline? Are there other people no, sitting I on mean, the touchline? Well, it's a good question. They're sitting there with a group of photographers. There's a very curious bunch of photographers and cameramen. There's probably about 10 or 12 people. And we're obviously trying to get some good close-ups and, and colorized uh, imagery of all of them. But they're there with a group. There's, there's, there's I think, three or four cameramen. Um, I think there's a, photog- there's a number of photographers. Uh, and they're sitting there in a little group on the edge of the um, uh, of, of the touchline, um, in their wonderful maroon berets, which I think signified that they were senior scouts in those days. Yeah, so they they would have been they would have been senior scouts. They would have been between sixteen and eighteen years old. So we know how old they would be now. Mm. I mean, yeah. it might well be that they were runners. They were moving something from one place to another. I mean, we've been used for, as I said, for for, for stewarding and runners at these events so that that's what they could have been doing but yeah. only time will tell when we find out what the, what yeah. their role was you would have thought though we, guys wouldn't you Neil? you would have thought this was a real kind of family story you know your dad or whoever your uncle was exactly. on the t- he's one of those exactly. scouts you can see so I, yeah, it's hard I, to believe they're difficult to track down guys i would think well, someone will know, won't they? Someone will come up with the story of I was at Wembley in 66 and it will be passed down through the families and someone will find out. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm yeah, surprised that we I'm surprised that we don't know now, but they could have emigrated. They could be in different parts of the yeah. world. We just don't know. No, sure. Yeah. I mean, so far, we've, we've had uh, the, the article broke in the mirror last week um, and we had very good coverage from that. And we had a number of people coming onto our website 
it then was on uh, News at 10 um, on Friday night, and we had a little bit of pickup from that. But we're hoping that through your wonderful reach on, on Talk Sport, we're going to get uh, it out there more into the country. One of the things we wanted to, to, to sort of put into to this process was to say we, we are making these DVDs, which are unique souvenir editions. Jeff Hurst will be signing each one, and we're only printing... 1,966 of them, hmm. uh, and we'd be very happy to give away um, a number of those, say 10, to if, if we can find, if somebody can find a grandfather or a link or a name that leads us to one of these scouts, we would very happily uh, give away one of our uh, signed Jeff Hurst DVDs. And in fact, Jeff said on Friday um, uh, on, on ITN that he would be happy and would like to meet the scouts. So if we can find them, not only would we be happy to give the finder the DVD and indeed the scout, but we also would hope to organise, if we can, for them to meet Jeff on Zoom or if, you know, once the COVID thing has gone away, actually in person. So Brilliant. You know, there's, a, there's a wonderful prize there. If we of, can, uh, if we of course, there's a bit of there's a bit of jeopardy here, though, isn't mm. there? Because as you said in the intro, you know, scouts tell the truth. You can always rely on us to be honest. <laughs> That's true. Of course. What, what if what what if what they saw is not what we all want to be true? Ah, uh, yeah. Well, we'll find some different scouts. Well, I think you'll find we'll call them liars. <laughs> but uh, gents, <laughs> thanks ever so much. We, if, if they do get in touch, we've had people get in touch. Andy, the Arsenal fan, rank to say his dad was a ball boy at the '66 final uh, Gaz the Cov fan says my wife tells me her old boss was a ball boy at the 66 final his name was Steve Bedder he was a building society manager she's not had contact with him for about 15 years so we can't track him down but they were the official ball boys and girls it's yeah. the four thanks ever so much if you were one of the four scouts or it's a family story we'd love to hear from you this afternoon and we'll put you in touch with Neil and Simon thank you guys keep up the good work Neil with the film it's looking great thank you very good thank there you very much Neil Kennedy-Clark there from uh, Final Replay who are colourising and restoring the 66 World Cup and Simon Carter, Head of Media Relations at the Scout Association. It's a if you, brilliant photo, yeah. isn't it? I've just tweeted it out. Mm. So, oh, good. Uh, oh, that's excellent. Well, if you want to get in touch, if, if you can help, uh, you can get in touch with us first, talksport.com, text 1889, tweet J and all the details, crowdfunder.co.uk. Have you just put in colourised the 66 final? And just to play a part in this uh, and to get the DVD is relatively inexpensive to be one of those uh, getting a souvenir DVD. So go and check it out. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Uh, we may have found one of the scouts. We might have done. Um, so look, we're going to we're going to have a chat with the person who's uh, given us a call, and um, we'll have achieved something. Yeah, I don't think I ever come <laughs> off air thinking I've ever done that before. Well, no, exciting it's, moment. That's true. That'd be great. Anyway, we're, fingers crossed. It, it's the case. We'll bring you more on that in a moment. Uh, but um, we've been talking about walls. Great wall tales this afternoon. Our Cristiano has been in the. Uh, papers today and of course getting a bit of clog for jumping and turning when one was drilled under the wall from about 40 yards um, and we've been alerted uh, by Lee the West Ham fan yeah, absolutely yeah big uh, big fan of the show big fan of the show mm. yeah big fan of the station yeah. uh, is alerted us to a double waller which was uh, and I've not seen this before um, and it's the, the Watford fans um, they'll be aware of this uh, all the Watford players lined up in the wall the Watford player about to take it which it looks mid 80s to me I would say it reckon? probably is and then the wall would scatter just as the player was running up to take it but their wall is right by the ball isn't it yeah so they've got four of them right by the ball and then that's, yeah, I mean, it's hard move. for the person taking it because, as you say, the, the Watford players in the wall are standing on the ball, so they've got to scatter very quickly. Have you seen that clip? I, I think you have. And it went viral recently. Of, of, and I'm not sure what game it is or what league or what country, mm. where someone's taking a free kick and there's the defensive wall, and then two of the attacking team are kneeling in front of the wall. Yeah. It's very hard to know what the purpose is because they don't get out of the way and then the free kick just goes straight into the face. It's hilarious. One of them is an absolutely hilarious clip and still mm. can't work out. There's a point to that Watford, to the 80s Watford wall. Yeah. There is a point to it. There's no point to the kneeling. No. <laughs> It doesn't really help. Graham Lasso, who was formerly of England and Chelsea, says, I remember it getting wall-to-wall coverage at the I time. So maybe he should just be... because he played left-back for England doesn't mean he deserves... Maybe he can set the <laughs> gags for the birthday spread with, <laughs> with Andy. They can I work on it together. I wouldn't even save that for the weekend, Yeah, frankly. <laughs> have we got Andy? Can yeah, we have a chat with Andy? Uh, Andy's an Arsenal fan. He, he got in touch with us uh, off the back of our chat with Neil and, and Simon. They go in search of the four... Uh, ball boys. Uh, well, we, we look. We now subsequently find out that's what the scouts were there for. Good afternoon, Andy. 
afternoon. So, Andy, you say th- those scouts were there that day to retrieve the ball, so that was their role. That's exactly as I believe it, yeah. So, I actually only found out a few years ago that my dad was one of them when somebody posted a picture on Facebook of the World Cup, and he was like, that's me in the background. <laughs> I looked at it, and it looked the spitting image of me. And I thought, it is. Wow. And then, yeah. So he was one of the Boy Scouts there behind the goal at the 66 World Cup. What's his memories of it? Did he ever talk to you about it afterwards? No. So, I mean, I only lived with him until I was about six or seven. Right. So I never really picked his brains about it. I never really knew about it and say until, what, I don't know, probably about six years ago I found out about it. Wow. But, yeah, he was one of those Boy Scouts. So, is, 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 do, you, do you keep in touch? Is your, is your dad yeah, still yeah, with yeah. us? He, I mean, he lives, he lives over in France now. Right. Obviously, I'm, you know, I'm still in touch with him as and when I speak to him. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's still around. And do we know he's Andy? If he's, is he one, I presume there were more than four then. There were quite a few, you know, being ball balls all over the pitch. Is, is he one of the four in the photo behind a grinning Jeff Hurst? Yeah. Yes. Wow. Amazing. Can, and, and can we can we keep in touch with you? And can we could we get the production team in touch so they could find yeah. you know that we can yeah, all claim the reward? I'm not. I'm just on my way to my last job of the day, and by the time I get there, I'm going to FaceTime him and tell him that you're looking for him. Yes. Okay. Um, well, look. Yeah, yeah, we're going to put you in touch with uh, Neil and and well, I think we'd love to best. get your dad on the show. If yeah, he's, would if be he's nice if if he's up for having a chat with us. Um, do let him know. And uh, well, look, Andy, we really appreciate you calling in. We'll put you in touch with Neil and uh, let's hope this this has got legs. Maybe I don't know if he's kept in touch with the other three. Be, are they still in the They're same like a patro- brotherhood? Are they in the same patrol? Are they? Yeah, that's right. They still <laughs> still still wearing the gear. <laughs> Thanks, Andy. Good man. No worries. Nice to talk to you. Cheers, there Andy. We are. That's uh, Andy, the Arsenal fan, whose dad was one of the four. That's brilliant. We'll that's pass that great. on to Neil. Yeah. Uh, were good. you a, were you a scout, Paul? I wasn't a scout. No. no. Um, I I never really got into it. I mean, you were. I understand. I was but, in the seventh, yeah. twenty third, Cambridge. Okay. Uh, where where did you meet? Where, did, where was your? Uh, we met in the uh, sports Chap- hall. At was some... it not chapters? That's the Hell's no, Angel. No, isn't no. It? <laughs> <laughs> it may surprise you that I'm not a, ch- a Hell's Angel, and I've never been. <laughs> but we met at the sports hall of St Matthew's School. Okay. Played a lot of sort of elephant ball, which was just like right. you ran in the middle, and people would just throw a football at you. Yeah. If you got hit, you were out. Were you a, a good scout? Or did you? What badges? Hopeless. What were your badges? None. Swimming. Did- Sw- that, and that was it. Swimming I think band. I learned how to do a reef knot. Should have joined did, the Sea Scouts. They did. They did not. Honestly, you did it. We did a whole evening on knots. Yeah. Right? And like, once you tied a knot, what yeah. else did like well, you, you, you know? You I'm, I'm sure some knot you've you, tied them all. Well, that's exactly right. You know, once you can do a reef knot, that's quite a useful knot. Yeah. I grant. Can you still do it? I can still do a reef knot. See, that's good. It was, it, it was an you, evening well spent. It was. Then. But the rest of them, you know, rabbit round the hole and in through the. Honestly, I have yeah. no idea. I'm just sitting there going. This is not going to help me in my life. I imagine there may be some—I don't know—what trawlerman listening. But who yeah. in what world are those knots important? Are knots important? <laughs> there will be, there'll be some, won't there? If four scouts <laughs> every year were yeah. guaranteed a seat right next to the touchline at a World Cup final, there'd be more scouts. Don't you think? I think there would be more scouts. You're probably you, right. You, you put up with those evenings of tying knots to know you're well, going to be sitting. We there. played a lot of five-a-side football. Yeah, scouts. Mm. But the did you play in the scout football team? I did. My debut was in the Cubs football team. Okay, own, own goal on my debut. Was it? Okay, well, you... It wasn't really my fault. <laughs> I love the way you've remembered it and yeah, are still passing the yeah, buck very... all these years on. <laughs> I'm not to blame. Um, <laughs> if anyone, I'm, I'm, I'm now interested. I'm, not, I'm sure no one else is because you hastily moved on, Paul. But yeah, that's no, right. Somebody's in a profession where more than just a reef knot yeah. makes a difference. Well, if I, I'd say the Navy. The I'd Navy. say still the Navy. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll grant you the Navy. But yeah. what, what, are the, what do they need? Something that isn't just a reef knot. That'll hold everything any, together. Any skills it? you learned as a scout, a cub, boys' brigade, mm. sea scouts, any skill that, that, that is still useful for you to this day? We'd love to hear uh, this afternoon. Talksport.com, text 81089, tweet TS David says, are they still on patrol? It's the Boy Scouts, not the Home Guard. You, I, well, I believe it was a scout patrol. Like, I had a green woggle. And I think at some point I got promoted to like vice captain or whatever of the thing. So you got like an extra 
thing on your... It's not I'm, called the vice captain of the thing, uh, is it? <laughs> not officially. <laughs> that's between scouty. friends. Yeah. But I was terrible. I mean, we were really not a good... We weren't a good... We're, they were sort of like jamborees. I didn't want to... Yeah. I think I didn't want to go on a jamboree. Jamboree sounds like a, not a lot of fun, mm. does it? At that sort of age, I was in I was in a bit of sort of North slash East London. So right, I think okay. Was, Are I, you I, saying that would have been a tougher place, North East I, London, in the I in the fifties or the sixties than the in those sort of late sixties? I yeah, think yeah, I think Central Cambridge in the eighties. You don't know. I think there were some right herberts know. in any particular <laughs> we, scout troop I was in. <laughs> we had the ice cream wars and the yeah. punt wars in Cambridge. Yeah. I, I went once to the Sea Scouts with a bunch of uh, lads who told me it would be good. Yeah. And on the way home, we nearly got arrested. Oh dear, what for? Because they were a bunch of herberts okay. and uh, the Sea Scouts. I don't know what they were, were going there for. Were you not a Herbert? Not really. I found myself... Guilty by association? Yeah, basically oh, really? it was. It was what, what, what constitutes Herberting? Oh, I, I can't remember. They okay. were just... It, it, was, it was late at night and they were lobbing stuff around, you oh, know. So okay. they were, they, but anyway, it's a long story. I've just I've put it... To, I've a rare brush with the, uh, with the police. Understandably. So, if, if Paul is, uh, you know, if he was actually the central Herbert of the Herbert... No, I wasn't. I was, I, was, I, was, I, was, I, was, I was periphery Herbert, I tell you that. <laughs> it's... Uh, Paul Hawksby and Max Rushton here on Talk Sports, and uh, we're going to talk cricket in a few moments' time. But do tell us any of those scouting skills that are still useful to this day. Talksport.com, text eighteen eighty nine, tweet TSH and J. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Max was telling us earlier on he, he was a scout, yes. and he said he had no real. He could tie one knot, but he had no real discernible skill that he'd retained from his scouting days. Um, and the listeners have been in touch, haven't they? Oh yeah, I mean, well, some of them, Scott. Not on the knots, but I thought this one, when it, what he learned at Scouts, he said I was in the second Fife Scouts. I never did find out where the first were based. <laughs> I can clearly remember learning how to disarm a live grenade and strip an M16 rifle. Are you sure it was the Scouts? I was going to say, that was not the Scouts that I... That was not Central You've Cambridge Scouts. five aside, <laughs> didn't you? five aside. Yeah, the most dangerous thing we were showing was, 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 was a football. Was it quite a rough part of Fife? I don't know. He did bomb disposal. Several of the boys went on to serve in the SAS, he says, unsurprisingly. <laughs> Uh, but they don't like to talk about it. the Milk Mike's one. Not a skill I learned, but I did bob a job in the Cubs. My oh, mum yeah. arranged for me to help the milkman doing his rounds. It started at 3am. I delivered about a 1,000 pints. I walked further than Ian Botham. Milky never got out of the float. All for 5p. Yeah. I now hate milk. This was... I don't know if you... Do you remember bob a job? It I know the mean, phrase, but... Well, it's, uh, the trouble is that it, uh, people used to adhere to it quite strictly. So people would go and, you know, do a, basically a garden clearance at an old lady's house and be given... Five uh, p. <laughs> well, that's a bob. In you know, and that, is that what a bob p, was? Well, five yeah. p. Five p was. Uh, yeah, was, I don't uh, get out of bed for ten for ten yeah. p. Uh, yeah, I know you don't. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm confusing myself. It was. It was. Yes. Yes. It was. I'm, I'm fairly certain it was. Uh, yeah. Someone saying um, uh, this one saying good afternoon, Paul. Afternoon, Max. Did I hear Max getting all what have the Romans done for us about scouting knots? Max, has anyone found a use for knots after learning them with the Boy Scouts? Paul, well, there's the Navy. Okay, sure, the Navy. I'll give you that. What about fishermen? Says Paul. Yeah, yeah, with Navy and sea fishermen. What, but what's learning about sca- uh, knots in the Boy Scouts ever done for us? Oil riggers, Paul. Yes, yeah, fine. Fair enough. Yeah, yes. you're right. I take um, it all back. Did you tell and um, what the eggy bread story? Oh no, you can tell that one. Yeah, this I thought I'd say that for you. This is from Ravishing. He Hello. says uh, when I was in the Cubs in '86, I learned how to make eggy bread, and I still make it to this day. So look, useful skills. Yeah, Aaron Herbert says, "Hi guys, Aaron Herbert here. I was in 199 Scouts Manchester with my brothers John Lee Herbert, a couple of Herberts. I still use some of the knots I tied as a scout. I was also taught how to cook." Which I never told my wife. Hashtag scout for life, says Aaron Herbert. Thank you. Uh, Wesley says, uh, <laughs> uh, for me, cooking. I've got my cooking badge. I still yeah. use that. My ironing badge, my knotting badge, my uh, camp handicrafts. Okay, I wonder what they are. Um, <laughs> uh, he was in the third great Yarmouth and he thanks the third uh, great Yarmouth. Well done, third. Yeah, but they, I mean, they never, they could never quite get into the top two in great Yarmouth, <laughs> could they? There's a big problem for them. It was outside the Champions yeah. League places. And maybe we won't ring the Queen Vixen. One, eh? <laughs> no, I've, I've slightly lost my nerve. She there. does have good it's use involved, for knots. It's involving knots. <laughs> we, we, we won't. No, I don't mean the county cricket team either. Um, anyway, anyway. Uh, thanks for all of those. You can keep yeah. them coming. Talksport.com. Text eight ten eighty nine. Tweet TS. 
H&J. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. I like the idea of, you know, other manager Tony Pulis arriving with three different tracksuits and saying, <laughs> which one do you reckon? Which one shall I go yeah, with? That's, that's a nice idea, isn't it? Isn't it? Um, 11 out of the 13 men to walk on the moon were scouts, wow. says Steve. Well, yeah. I do know that for a fact, because the only way the lunar module was tethered to the moon was with a short <laughs> sheep shank. <laughs> was it really? Yeah, tied to a rock. So that that's that's actually um, factually yes, correct. Innis Nile says, yeah. you know, well, I, maybe I was too uh, damning on what what did we actually learn from the scouts? I learned how to put an unpeeled banana in foil over a fire and, well, <laughs> have a warm banana. <laughs> Does it, is he still true. eating the warm bananas? Not possibly. Shearer's been in touch. Patrols in the <laughs> scouts, Max. Patrol leader and assistant patrol leader were the yeah. senior positions. I was an assistant patrol leader. Okay, it's yeah. not the way you described it. Was no, it wasn't. Quite, yes. <laughs> Um, what else we got here? We've had uh, a couple of other ones. This was uh, corners. We talked not corners. Uh, fri- um, walls. walls. We talked about walls. defensive yes. walls yeah, after yeah. Cristiano. And Phil said a few years ago, our keeper was lining up the wall, going left, left, <laughs> left, left. At which point the ball flew into the top right hand corner. He said, "Sorry, lads, I meant right." <laughs> so we then had a whip round and bought him a pair of gloves with uh, L and R written on them. So Phil, thank you very so much. Nick for that. says, "I always used to point the top of my head." Towards the wall, I never fancied a nose breaker. That's uh-huh. a very strange way. That's a head yeah. down to face the wall. You'd be what if they play a little well? short one round yeah. the wall and you're just still standing there looking at your shoes? <laughs> your toes. Yeah. Um, um, anyway. I was part of the first Gifford Park Scouts in Milwaukee, oh, says Nick. Yes, wonderful. We group. went all over Europe. But the key skill I took away from the was the difference between premium and cheap lager. And never put deodorant cans on the campfire. No, kids, don't do that. Don't no, listen, Uncle don't Nick. Do, don't do Big Sean in Bournemouth either. I'm one of the Herberts. Sixth Tolworth Wednesday Cubs in the 70s. Yeah. I slashed the vicar's bike tyres. It's like oh, a sick It is, isn't it? How dare you? With the sheath knife that they seem to be okay for a lad in cub uniform to carry. Yeah. Well, what different, about that? Different times. See, they added share of Herberts, but uh, uh, people yeah, clearly, as we've discovered this afternoon, learned a lot from their time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and, uh, Andy and Jeff Peters will be joining us for the birthday spread. You feeling good about the birthday no, spread? No, not at all. I, and, I, and I actually care. I'm going to, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking to trump the old firm. You are. For 10 you? in a row. I but know. can I do it? We'll find out t- tomorrow. I hope you can listen. If you can't listen live, the podcast will be available at around five. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m on Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 